Welcome back to another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about critical issues in the blindness community. I'm Aaron Richmond. Tonight's episode, like all others, is copywritten by me, Aaron Richmond, and Aaron's Opinion. Thank you. You can watch this episode right here on YouTube, as so many of you do. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com is the email address. And that email address certainly worked for our guest because he emailed in, so we're glad, glad for that. 1240-681-9869. Telephone contributions um, after the fact, text message, voicemail, or if you just want to talk to me. Uh, and that is how to get in touch with the show, all right? Tonight, we are joined uh, by someone who says that they were born ready, a magnetic magnetic mind coach, life coach, a transformational speaker, someone who reached out to me from somewhere in the universe. His name is Julius Charles Serrano. He joins us right now. How are you? Welcome to Aaron's Opinion. Um, just basically from here, I would tell you to just dive right in Take our listeners for just just go for it. You're, you're you're on. Go. Fantastic. Well, before I start, Aaron, I would like to just express gratitude to you for you know allow for the work that you do first and foremost for providing a platform for people such as myself who would like to share their story, their um, experiences and lessons that they have learned in order for us to educate, entertain, and inspire everybody who is watching here. Thank you for the work that you do, and thank you for your willingness to share this conversation with me. Know that you are you are always welcome. Know mm -hmm. that it's also like pulling teeth, getting a guest, getting someone from the audience to email me. So mm -hmm. you, you, are, you are more than welcome here. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, Hello, everybody. My name is Julius, and as Aaron said, I'm a transformational speaker, and I'm a magnetic mind coach. As a speaker, I combine 30-plus years of my life experiences, struggles, obstacles, triumphs, and humorous, various humorous experiences. I combine it with my wit in order for me to create and deliver talks that educate and inspire and transform people's lives. So that's what I do as a transformational speaker. Now, Aaron also mentioned that I am a magnetic mind coach. This is all about helping people, particularly IT professionals. That's my, that's the specific group of people that I serve. I serve IT professionals in their 30s and their 40s. I help them release their self-sabotage patterns and limiting beliefs in order for them to consciously create a life that they love, a life of abundance, success, and happiness. Basically, that's what I do. That's Julius in a, few, um, in a minute or two. That's basically what what you do, Julius, mm -hmm. in a minute or two. All yeah. right, all mm -hmm. right, all right. Well, I'm I'm al I'm already loving this episode, mm -hmm. and this is already really, you know, this is so applicable. 
Um, and um, so, by the way, how did you become blind? By the way? Oh, by the way, I was tot- I'm totally blind, by the way, <laughs> uh, before we get too excited in personal development. So it happened around two decades ago, Aaron. Um, it started with colors. Just imagine this, everybody, you know, the um, colors. Let's say the, the, the bright blue sky and the vibrant green of trees and grass, they all started to become more and more pale. That's, how, that's what happened to me. Um, lines and shapes of everything and everyone that you see started to become blurry. I experienced a condition known as congenital myopia. What that exactly means, I cannot tell you. But um, it, 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 uh, the, the doctors say it's all about the optic nerves for some reason. So if you can see me, and I trust that you can, everybody, um, I, have, I think I have my camera on. You do. We see, uh, we yep. see you. So, you mm-hmm. know, guys, most of us in the audience are blind. I have some usable vision. Um, mm-hmm. So I was born blind with glaucoma. Mm. I've had seven corneal transplants when I was an infant. And oh, I also wow. have a congenital heart defect, mm-hmm. um, which was repaired perfectly. Thanks to God for that. I nice. can see you. But yeah, most of the audience are, are blind people. But of course, of course, sighted people are welcome on the channel, too, and are always mm-hmm. welcome to guests here. But yeah. Yes, Julius. Most people watching this video would would be blind, so most of them mm-hmm. wouldn't wouldn't care one one way or the other. But it is a very interesting place to start, you know. Yes. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that one of the one of the areas where I I would like to inquire, and and mm-hmm. I'm sure that you can give your wisdom and knowledge to me. As a teacher, I love giving others knowledge, and then I love receiving knowledge. I've yes. seen a lot of a lot of posts around the blindness community, all revolving they all have two things in common they all involve oftentimes involve the stressful lives that we have today in in result of or in consequence of or because of COVID-19 mm-hmm. the other thing that all of the experiences share is that all blind people around the world have a sense of stress a sense of uh, anxiety nowadays and an overwhelming sense of loneliness. Mm. If you're coaching someone and they say, Julius, I feel lonely. I feel stressed. I don't mm. know what to make of my life. How do you use your skills as a transforma- transformational speaker and a magnetic mind coach to help mm. people understand the COVID-19 situation and the stressful lives that we have to overcome? Go. Fantastic question, Aaron. You mentioned stress, you mentioned feeling lonely. This is how I uh, would support somebody. First of all, I would acknowledge them for their openness and their authenticity. Not everybody would be open to ask for help. And I would acknowledge them for, you know, um, identifying the emotion that they're feeling. It takes a huge amount of courage in order for somebody to admit that they are lonely and they're stressed especially with what is happening. happening. <clears throat> the next thing that I would do is to ask them um, to start from within. Oftentimes, you know, when somebody's stressed, they would look for external things to cheer them up. To ex- uh, they would uh, stress, they would look for like external things, um, entertainment, food, uh, people, 
circumstances. These are what people usually depend on when they're stressed. What I usually recommend is to start with themselves. Find peace in yourself. Find things that you can be happy with, what, with, with the life that you've been given. Create a list of things that are going well in your life. Find some time for yourself. You know, it, it, it starts from within. And what I would like people to do next is ask empowering questions. You know, ask yourself empowering questions. Is your stress teaching you something? What is your stress teaching you? What is this loneliness teaching you? Is it teaching you to be strong? Is it teaching you to recognize the people in your life that you still have? Is it teaching your intuition to get in touch with these people? And then the final thing when it comes to stress and loneliness is to, once you've started from within, contribute. The best way to eliminate or to shift any negative emotion is to then step out of your head and help people, to serve people, to cheer people up. Put a smile in somebody's face. Um, that's the best way. After, after all of the things that I would recommend, putting a smile on somebody else's face is the best way to shift those feelings of stress and loneliness. That's basically it. It's a perfect response. Mm -hmm. Absolutely perfect. So, you know, usually when I do these interviews, I, I start by basically walking through, you know, where, you know, some, some growing up times for people's lives. So do you want okay. to tell us, um, because clearly, you know, you're, you're a brilliant thinker and a brilliant person. And so do you want to tell us about some, maybe some really interesting, um, some really funny, because I'm, I'm a very sarcastic, I love humor mm -hmm. and telling jokes, maybe some really funny, or maybe some really interesting stuff that happened to you, um, you know, growing up um, mm. that kind of shaped, you know, who, who you, who you are today. Yes. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your comment on, you know, brilliant thinker and brilliant person. And may I say, Aaron, that it takes one to know one, you know Thank what I'm you. saying? I awesome. know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So um, milestones, uh, probably I was born nearsighted actually. Uh, let's, let's go back to the eighties, the early eighties. That's when I was born. I was born in 83. So I was born nearsighted. Um, my family noticed it when, you know, oh, Julius walked into a door again or, uh, you know, Julius went down the stairs again. And I was, um, you know, holding books and publications and toys very near to my eyes. So they noticed something unusual about this kid. So they took me to the doctor and at the tender age of, I think, not even one year, six months, I started to wear, uh, I started to wear eyeglasses. That's, that's how I started. I, I was born nearsighted. So um, I had exceptionally thick eyeglasses and I went to a public school. Well, 
you know, you know how that would turn out. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> kids, <laughs> you know, could be very interesting to say the least. So I experienced, you know, being treated differently. Um, I had to sit uh, very near the, the board. Um, we used blackboards during those times, you know, the chalk uh, and the blackboard. I had to stand uh, very near the board in order for me to see what's being written, in order for me to copy it in my notebook, which I always had to keep near me. Um, so experiences. Um, I would say this is where my struggles started because being different to say the least, being a nearsighted person, um, I experienced you know, being regarded as you know, somebody who cannot perform the usual things that sighted students would be able to perform. That's how, that's, that's, that was the, where my teachers had a huge part in my in the development of my mindset. I was always, often, not always, but oftentimes exempt from physical activity. Not because I couldn't, but the teachers were just simply making sure that I remained safe. You know, so it's the responsibility of the school. You know, it's, they're just you know protecting themselves and the school. So in this process, Aaron, um, I would say that the challenge started for me. Um, looking back, it was where I developed these self-limiting beliefs. So that's, that's the start of it. And then, you know, high school, well, graduating uh, um, from that and then going to high school, it's, it was still the same, um, always feeling a little bit different from my from my classmates and you know from the teachers. What I would say is that I was blessed to have a brilliant support network. You know, my family was always there for me, and you know, providing support whenever um, you know I, I I had to read a lot. Being in high school, I had to read a lot for my homework. I had like you know, five books that I needed to read. And I could, I, I could at that time, but, you know, being a nearsighted individual, um, I, you know, my eyes would get tired very easily. And I was blessed to have, you know, my, my father when he was still alive and, and my mom to be able to like read things for me whenever um, I couldn't read anymore because my eyes were very tired. So um, education, the turning point that happened, you know, I'm totally blind now. And that happened um, a little, a few months after I graduated from high school. So as I've said, it started, I was already nearsighted during that time, I had exceptionally thick eyeglasses that, as I mentioned, and then uh, it started to deteriorate. My eyesight started to deteriorate deteriorate more and more. So it started with colors. It didn't happen instantly. It started with colors, started with lines and shapes, um, started with, you know, not being able to 
uh, distinguish the, the bright colors. And uh, started with lines, shapes, until, you know, several months, I could only see shadows and shades of gray. So it was a huge turning point for me. Let me know if you, um, if you would like me to proceed or any any questions. You're, 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 doing, you're doing such a great job. I'm just hoping you're going to keep talking. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, and then I mentioned, you know, the limiting beliefs. It intensified. The limiting beliefs that I had were started, started off as whispers, you know, because you are nearsighted, Julius, and won't be able to do thing, other things that other people can do. When I became blind, the limiting beliefs were actually screaming because, you know, they were there when I was nearsighted. They intensified and became screams when I lost the little eyesight that I had. So I was, let's just say I was in a dark place in, in more ways than one. Emotionally, I, I experienced anxiety. Of course, what's going to happen to me? I was only 16 during that time. I, I felt that I didn't have a future anymore. Uh, I, I heard of my high school friends. They were already going to college. And I didn't know, I didn't know anybody who, who shared my disability. I didn't know anyone back then. I didn't know any blind person. So I felt very isolated. Um, always, always down physically, you know, emotionally. I, I wasn't, I rarely talked to people outside my family. Uh, there was, there was a point where, you know, all I did was to listen to, I was, I was into heavy metal back then. So, you know, it helped that, that certainly helped. And, you know, I'm, I'm being, you know, a bit sarcastic here, but, you know, being depressed and listening to angry music, I don't advise it, not at all. But it was, it was my identity back then and, and I honor that because it helped me become the person that I am right now speaking in front of you. Um, and I would say one of the things that, that really helped me a lot was to experience to allow myself to experience the most exquisite form of boredom. You know, Aaron, boredom is actually a blessing because where, where was I back then? I was totally blind. I didn't know what future lie, uh, lay ahead for me. I didn't actually know if I could continue my studies. That's how little I, I was aware of the opportunities of, of people with disabilities back then. I wasn't talking to anybody. I had a few friends coming over, but that was it. And boredom. So I, I was always, you know, on, on our couch in the living room. And I just realized I was so bored that it pushed me to, to think, you know, there's got to be something else for me than just watching South Park and listening to Marilyn Manson all day. So um, I, I started to ask around, you know, what other options could I have? Um, back then my perception was going to a regular college would be a huge challenge for me 
because I didn't know anything about people with disabilities back then. So I um, heard about you know doing a home study program um, for uh, as uh, as your college education. So that's what I did. Um, I was so blessed to be able to um, have very supportive family that helped me you know go to that home study uh, that that institution that educational institution that um, provided home study courses. So I would get you know printed books that I needed to read, and you know I, I was very blessed. But my family was always there for me, reading for me the publications, the books, and you know helping me write down the answers for my homework, for my modules, for my worksheets. I enjoyed it. At first, you know, I spent like almost a year doing that home study course. I really enjoyed the open schedule and the flexibility and being able to study whenever you please. And I didn't continue it. Then I heard about Braille and my, my, you know, the wonder of being able to read using your fingers. I, I enjoyed reading Braille. I have a huge huge respect for people who are proficient in reading in braille it's 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 up to now it's it's a wonder for me being able to read it very eloquently i learned the basics and i didn't continue it um so at this point you know you might think um julius your story is less than impressive. You're, take, you're doing all of these things and you're not continuing them. But um, here's where it becomes, here's, here's the turning point. The Braille lesson actually, um, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. You know, the home study course provided awareness about the Braille system, you know, um, reading system for blind and visually impaired individuals and it's it was through that those braille lessons particularly my braille teacher who from whom i heard about screen reading technology and i couldn't believe it um blind people using computers wow okay because because of my braille teacher i i honor him uh, up to this point, uh, I give them all the credit for for be, for he was the reason why I heard about the screen reading technology. And during that time, as luck would have it, you know, as as blessings from God would have it, I heard about a computer school for the blind in the Philippines. That's where I'm originally from. A computer school for the, my Braille teacher was aware that this computer school for the blind was about to start a computer course, uh, a basic computer course teaching blind people how to use the computer through the screen reading technology. So that was a huge turning point for me. Um, I quickly took action Note that down. I quickly took action, called up the computer school, and 
inquired and you know um, sent an application. And all the while, I was hoping, hope they, I hope they accept me. I didn't know anything about screen reading technology. That was I was I was a bit anxious that they won't accept me because I had zero knowledge about screen reading technology. But I was blessed to be accepted, and it opened a huge golden door for me. The moment I sat down, you know, I was already seeing shadows and shades of gray. The moment that I sat down and pressed the key, I could still remember, it was the letter F. When I pressed that key and the screen reading voice said F. It basically opened, you know, if I could use the computer, which I was aware back then um, had offered, you know, an immense amount of possibilities for people with or without disabilities. Imagine what I could do. I could, I could write documents. I could send email. I could browse the internet. Before that point, I, the only way for me to uh, browse the internet was to have a sighted person sitting beside me and reading for me the web pages. But at that point, when I discovered the screen reading technology, it basically changed my life. And I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful to, first of all, my Braille teacher. Uh, well, first of all, my family, because it was them who stayed with me through my uh, difficulties, through my emotional outbursts, so through my um, teenage angst and uh, circus rage, so to speak. And also, you know, for my Braille teacher, for that computer school for the blind, and for the people who develop screen reading technology. They, these people change our lives as, as, as people who are visually impaired. So from that, um, I was able to acquire additional training in order for me to become more mobile. So mobility trainings from other um, non-government organizations in the Philippines, coupled with screen reading technology, you know, coupled with the acceptance of what has happened to me. I was able to eventually um, study in a regular college, taking up a course in computer science and being able to finish that course with, you know, mainly through the assistance provided by the screen reading technology for the support of my family. And it was the reason why I was able to like study, finish the course in computer science, eventually have work in informational technology, being able to teach other blind people how to use the screen readers, you know, growth and contribution. Uh, those are my deepest core values. And explore other careers. This is where I'm at right now. So, yep, that's basically the journey that I took.
course, there are other like, you know, humorous events, um, some of which I still remember, some of which I choose to forget, and some of which <laughs> happened when, um, let's just say, I wasn't aware or, you know, I was unconscious. I... There you go, my friend. I, yes, I am well. You, you know, every everything you're saying is really, really, really resonates with me. Um, so I'm significantly younger than you. Not that it matters. I was born in '91, somewhere in North America. It's a bit of a long story. I keep my location to myself, undisclosed, but somewhere in North America. And you see, this is why. And you see, this is why life, as we say, is is unfair. Because, in, there's a reason I'm 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 mentioning this because it's very interesting. I studied international relations in university, and one of the things that I've been noticing lately is, you know, birth location is is everything. You know, unfortunately, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, you know. There are there are blessings in life and there are blessings in disguise, but either way, there are always blessings, right? So, yes. you know, I was I was given a chance to be born in North America. You were given a chance to be born in the Philippines, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that already, you know, philosophically speaking, that already means that you had you had to overcome a lot more than me and you had to overcome a lot more because you for one your birth location for another you were growing up in the 80s and I grew up in the 90s where things were a lot easier in the 90s so as we say yes. life's not fair but I digress mm -hmm. I love your story it's true and this is what this is what we have to do guys we have to make the most mm -hmm. of what we're given we have to figure out, as Samuel Clemens tells us, I know I know you know this quote, you know what I'm going to say coming up, that there are only two days in our lives that are important, the day we're born and the day we find out why. And often Absolutely. I'm asked, and often I'm asked, Aaron, if you could, I was at, I was interviewed by a fellow content creator just the other day. And she asked me one of my favorite questions, Aaron, if, if God came to you and said, Aaron, do you want to be cited? The answer is simple. No, because I was born blind. It's up to me to find out why. Now, if God came to me and said, Aaron, if you could, if I could get, grant you a wish, well, I have tons of complaints. There's a thousand things I want, but one of them is to know why I was born blind. So I'll keep it. I'll accept it. It's fine with me. And that's what I, and that's what I tell people is, you know, that there's meaning, there's meaning for all sorts of things in life that we don't even understand. If we knew every answer, then life would be meaningless. If we invented the mm. technology that made us live to be 200 years old, well, I can promise you this, we'll be even lazier and get even less done. So, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's the type of thing, you know, that really, really fascinates me in studying the, 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 the similarities between all of us blind people all over the world. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and noticing that really the experiences that we have are quite similar. Um, so, you know, I, I love talking about these philosophical things, but I also love talking about jokes. So, again, can you give us a really funny story? Ooh, um, let's just say when I, you know, during the first... Kind of give us, give weeks, us like an, give us like an, anic like a, like a funny anecdote. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, um, the end result here is iced tea <laughs> splashed all over me. 
Okay. Well, I well before, okay. Well, okay. That's okay. That's the yeah. okay. That's the punchline. Okay. But first, for mm-hmm. a joke, you need a beginning, a middle, and then the punchline. Okay. So start with. Well, the that was the punchline. <laughs> um, we are future pacing right here, Aaron, and the reason behind that <laughs> is, you know, everybody. <laughs> I I just want uh, this is, we'll we'll the, the build up is going to be sort of a PSA. Okay. Whenever. <laughs> Whenever you think, let me let me guess. You also do stand up, okay. right? You also do stand up comedy, right? Unintentionally, but um, whenever you take a bottle of iced tea out of the fridge, make sure that the cap is on, okay? Okay. Because if you shake it, you're gonna end up with iced tea all over ya. Okay. So that's one. Um, it wasn't funny back then, but it was. It is now. Looking back. Um, you also have various witty remarks from my college, uh, from my classmates in college. You know, the most memorable of which is, "Hey, Julius, nice haircut. Are you aware of it?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it wasn't funny back then, but it is it's, now. It's like that's 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 hysterical. That's like. Yeah. That's like, that's dark. That's dark mm-hmm. humor. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm blind. I'm not numb. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's it. That's interesting. No one, no one has mm-hmm. ever said that to me um, because I'm very uptight about my, my haircuts. You mm-hmm. know, they have to be super, super, super short when I get it cut. Yep. So that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. It's mm-hmm. an interesting sense of humor. Uh, mm-hmm. de- definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so then what? So then you kept teaching, um, information, uh, you know, IT and helping mm-hmm. these blind people in the Philippines, and the, and and then what? At some point, you transitioned into yes. the the speaker, the coaching, and the helping people. So, so yes. let's let's dig in there. Go ahead. Definitely. So, um, I was at the point where. I was able to finish that course, um, have you know a lot of fulfilling jobs as you know uh, an instructor for for blind people, teaching them the same technology that I learned, and eventually I discovered you know the the concept of web accessibility. You know, as a blind person, it's always a challenge for me to go to a website for the first time and to realize that I'm not able to access it, despite of the amount of capabilities and functionalities provided by the screen reader. There are still some sites that haven't been made accessible or are not accessible. So that was the next stage of my career. I became an accessibility consultant. I was blessed. I was back back in. I was still back in the Philippines, uh, and during that time, um, I'm I'm. By the way, I'm currently in New Zealand, uh, in an undisclosed city. So I was. Um, I became in, in 2006. I became an accessibility consultant, also doing trainings for you know, government agencies in the Philippines. That's where I started my advocacy, um, telling them about accessible design and about these international guidelines. 
And eventually I ended up here in New Zealand where I was hired as an accessibility tester for a company. So that is, you know, currently I'm, I'm still blessed. I'm blessed actually to, to still be in the, the, that company. I started in 2012. Currently, you know, 2021, yep, just checking, 2021, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm blessed to have the, this as, you know, my, my primary work. And then um, a few years ago, I, I discovered, you know, hey, I, I am blessed. I'm already blessed. I'm happy where I am right now, serving people and helping them, you know, helping high-performing IT professionals who make the internet a more inclusive, open, and accessible place. And I was just reflecting, you know, I'm blessed to be able to help people in this way. I have my core values, which, is, which are communication, service. And I realized one of the things that I'm really passionate about is to be able to help people at a more personal level. I love helping people. I love communicating with them. I love helping them get structure in their life. I love listening, authentically listening, you know, Aaron, the, you know, listening with the intent to understand, not with the intent to respond. I'm a huge uh, believer in the value of authentic listening. And also I'm a, I'm a huge fan of personal development. And it happened, you know, I, I was, um, reading up on personal development books and programs, and I stumbled upon people who actually help people may, you know, uh, get from where they are to where they want to be with, this, with just having empowering conversations with them, regular empowering conversations. And, and I, during you know, the time when I was imagining, you know, I'm blessed to have this work in accessibility. What could the next stage of my life be? Because as I've mentioned, one of my deepest values were growth and contribution. How do I want to grow as a person? And I realized that um, I'm still a huge advocate for accessibility. And I have started to reinvent myself as a person who provides personal development and transformational content to people to, to understand, to help them go from their current reality to their desired reality. So I acquired training in the, you know, um, being able to um, articulate my points uh, I had to improve my confidence because people are going to listen to you if you demonstrate that you believe in yourself and you believe in the points that you're talking about. You need to be congruent. You know, um, I, I, I find that people won't pay attention to you if you speak as though, hey guys, I'm very happy to, to be here and... Um, I'm, I'm so excited to, to, to discuss these, these, these points to you and uh, 
I hope that you're going to learn. Nobody is going to listen to you. So I had to improve my communication skills. I had to acquire necessary training. I had to have structure in how I help people. So that's, that was the next part of my journey, being able to be proficient in the skill of speaking and coaching. And now I'm so blessed, you know, I have um, some strategies that I have in, in terms of like getting in, in front of people, creating content that people can relate with, identifying the specific group of people that I'd like to serve and just going out there and reaching out to people and providing content as well as helping people one-on-one. -on -one. Yep, so there you go. Uh, that's, uh, you know, this is this, the, the stage that I am at right now. That's you. And that's that's mm -hmm. perfect. Um, well, okay. So mm, this gives me this gives me a lot of great opportunity to ask a lot mm -hmm. of great questions. What was the most <clears throat> unusual or unexpected client? or a person or organization that you've mm -hmm. had the privilege to help? Unusual. More mm. unex or unexpected. Well, you know, there are people who, who reach out out of the blue. Um, and let's just say that I, I, I receive um, opportunities to coach people who are in a completely different field. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes, I serve IT professionals in their 30s and their 40s. You know, these include front-end developers, visual designers, QA, quality assurance testers, anybody who's working in the field of information technology. Does that mean that I, I don't serve people out of who are not in this group? Um, it actually means that I can, I can still serve people. That's, it just means that this is the specific group I focus on. Now, if somebody who, um, you know, who is a sports person, uh, if, if somebody in that particular field reaches out to me, I'd be very happy to help them. And I have actually, um, there have been, you know, people in the, um, uh, let's just say the other industries that are very, uh, I have, I have helped people in finance, you know, they're not directly working on information technology. I have, you know, similar to the, the previous example, I've had, I've helped people who are in, in sports athletes. And I would say these are, you know, um, not very, uh, these are unexpected, unexpected blessings from the universe. Because I've identified, you know, I work with IT people and at the same time, I, I seem to attract people who are outside the field of information technology. There you go. Mm -hmm. Excellent, great, great. Okay, so, um, you know, what are some, 
What are some observations that you have made that that perhaps I admit I have overlooked as it mm-hmm. relates to the these various blindness groups that we see on Facebook? Um, and I, I have I have an, an inkling. I have a, a suspicion mm-hmm. how you found out about this podcast. I'll mm-hmm. tell you off the air. I think I know who it is, mm-hmm. but but yeah, but I I, I can kind of tell who it is. But but yet at any rate, um, what 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 have, what have you what what are some observations you've made about a lot of the different, you know, this overwhelming feeling of negativity and hopelessness that I consistently see in all mm-hmm. of these blind and visually impaired support groups that I may or may not be in on you know social Ooh. media, and okay. and yeah. sure and you know the, the the reason I ask is because you know one of the things that I do is when someone's having a hard time, you know, I help, I help out the best I can. I say, well, if you Mm -hmm. want to talk about stuff, a podcast is a great way. So I invite them here Mm -hmm. or I motivate them to start their own show. But Mm -hmm. what do you think about all of Mm. that? Ooh, okay. Um, This is going to be a bold statement, but I believe in this and I'm going to stand by it. Not all of the groups, but some of the groups that I've noticed um, come, some of the people uh, in the in the community, in the visual impaired community, some of them have a tendency to come from a place of victimhood. Yes. It happened to me. This disability happened to me. They mistreated me. I was discriminated. And uh, it's going to be a huge challenge to get out of that situation, if you constantly blame people, events, and circumstances for what has happened to you. So that's my first observation. And you know, the views that I have are solely my own. And um, by the way, I completely agree with you. So there are also Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. of my views too. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. As I've said, you know, brilliant minds think alike, my friend. The second one is the resources versus resourcefulness. Um, particularly from these, you know, from my homeland. Um, and and I, I was all also in that state. As a blind person, I was always trying to find out what resources could I have? You know, what support could I get? resources always run out there will time the time will come that you know there will be uh you you'll run out of sponsors run out of organizations that will support you resourcefulness will never run out only if you keep in mind that you have it in you you know as a blind person i had to be resourceful i lost my sight what do i do now I had to learn how to communicate with people because it's through communication, um, verbalizing, speaking, that I'm able to communicate with them because I recognize the fact that we live in a visual place. There are a lot of nonverbal communication taking place and I don't have any access to that. So what do I do? I need to pull out the resourceful identity inside me in order for me to know, hey, I could still talk. 
I, I lack the resources of sight, but I had the resourcefulness of speech that, that involves speech. So those basically, um, what, what, what I would like, um, if you, anybody who is watching this, if you, whether or not you hear from me again, I would like to recommend that, you know, it's always about your being resourceful. It's not about the resources that you have. It's always about the resourcefulness that you have, that you always have inside you. Sure, sure. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. It's not about what needs to happen is people need to stop playing the victim and need to start being someone who is resourceful, right? Mm -hmm. yes. But it seems like, it seems to me that it's very difficult for people to get out of that frame of mind mm -hmm. once they're there. And yes. yeah, yeah, very, very good. So you're a content creator, you're a YouTuber, um, or if you're not, mm -hmm. you should be, but you're- you're not you're, at you're, the moment. I, I just use, um, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I have, you know, Facebook videos, I, I create, we have a private Facebook group wherein I, I you know, I, I do webinars and such. Mm. I've also, in, uh, I've also um, experienced creating like short courses in Thinkific, but YouTube has always been, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm very interested in. And one of the things that I'd like to explore probably in the next six to 12 months. Yep, but you know, go ahead. Well, well, let's, well, let's explore it. How about, how about in the now? So what mm -hmm. do you want to know? So, so what do you want to know about YouTube? Well, um, very curious about, you know, specifics such as, you know, technology and um, it's more of, you know, uh, you being a creative individual, what could you, uh, what techniques or skills or belief systems could you, do you have, have you developed in terms of like creating constant content, creating consistent content? You know, because I, you know, um, I've also seen your Spotify uh, page, uh, your Apple podcast, and you've been very consistent in like, is it like weekly content that you provide? I appreciate because you have. I appreciate the yep. kindness. Thank you. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, it's, I, I, I appreciate that for one, for another, it's very simple. There are only mm -hmm. three things you need to do if you want to continue being as successful as you are, Julius. If you want to get into the podcast and the YouTube, there's only three things you need to think about. Your audience, your audience, and your audience. Mm, nice. Love it. That's, that's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the technical side, it couldn't be easier. You just, you know, you just link your Gmail account or whatever you have to YouTube, and then you pull, you know, MP4s, or however mm -hmm. you would produce a video and basically upload it, share it into YouTube. And then you practice doing it. And then over time, when you produce consistent content over a period of time, people find out about your channel from all over the world. And that's how that's how channels build up. It is a painfully, I promise you, it is painfully slow. I, mm -hmm. A painfully slow pace and slow moving process. Painfully so. But I promise it's worth it. I promise mm -hmm. I promise you'll be even more successful on YouTube 
uh, mm -hmm. than you could ever be or that you ever are or were anywhere else. But all, all, to, all to their own, of course. But I certainly mm -hmm. hope that you take advantage of YouTube because it is the global platform without any doubt. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And you should, and you can easily get into podcasting just through Anchor or, you know, programs like that where you can just record and upload. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the uh, podcasting is an activity that is very easy, very positive, and very effective. Nice. So that's why you mm -hmm. should, that's why you should do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or, awesome. Who knows? Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, that's so good. Um, so what do you, what activities do you do, you know, when you are not, um, doing, you know, doing, you know, you you know, uploading your content and things like that? Well, for me, it's all about, you know, getting as much sunshine as I can, which is, you know, brilliant because right now we are experiencing summer. Summer in New Zealand is December, February, and uh, December, January, and February. Right. So I try to be in the outdoors uh, as much as I can from, you know, being able to like go to um, uh, lagoons here. There's, you know, New Zealand has lots of beautiful places to simply just hanging out um, on the deck of our home. So that's what I do. I try to um, get as much sunshine, be in the outdoors as possible. I love nature. Uh, mm. There's a huge, there's a deep magic and being able to just be amongst the trees. I agree. And, yeah. At the same time, you know, I, I look after my, our daughter. I have a three-year-old daughter. Uh, her name is Amber. And, uh, you know, I live, you know, with, with my wife. She's also a relationship coach. And I, I look after our daughter, especially now. Um, we're, um, I, I'm on the final week of my extended Christmas slash New Year holiday, uh, and then uh, on you know next week I go back to my IT job as an accessibility specialist. So that's what I've been doing: um, reading up, reading, um, getting in touch with people uh, back in the Philippines, communicating with them, helping them out in whatever challenges or concerns that they have, and. Exploring, making a, making it a point to like do one thing at least every week that I'm not familiar with. You know, exploring the possibility of learning a new skill, learning about different things that I, you know, I'm not aware of, getting to talk to new people, such as your good self, my friend, and. Um, uh, having having some time for myself detaching myself from from the world especially as i'm working in information technology it could be a little bit challenging sometimes uh when you're working with content sure it's always sure mm -hmm. oh absolutely mm -hmm. yes um you know you so you you were saying how you work you know with your work as an it consultant so now, do you, this may seem seem like kind of a strange question, but now, do you primarily work with companies just around your area in New Zealand, or is it just any any country in the entire world? Interesting question, Aaron. Um, I work for a company uh, here in New Zealand, and our clients range from local businesses to uh, companies in in the U.S. and in Europe. 
So it's a mixed bag. I get to work with um, clients who are from New Zealand. And at the same time, um, I would say like 20% of the clients that we have are international. Cool. Cool. So what countries are they mm -hmm. from if they're international? The States, Canada, what parts of the world? Yep. The States, there's, there's people from the States. There's people from, uh, there's clients from the United Kingdom. Um, majority of uh, the clients who are not New based in New Zealand are from the States. R right. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Very good. Um, and outside of your region, you know, have you been to the States before? No, I've never been. Oh, well, you mm -hmm. should you should come to the States now. It's winter. You can be cold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Do, do you want to come to a place that's cold? I do. I that's no, also no, one you, of the, no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, well, questions. no, you don't. But yes, we do have June, July and August. Winter is in June, July and August here in New Zealand. And it could be, let's just say, painfully challenging sometimes because well, okay well wait a minute let's let's get let's get mm -hmm. this let's get this straight what temperature mm -hmm. do you consider painfully cold oh um four degrees um i don't know is that celsius yeah well because I, I yeah I, I only use celsius mm -hmm. well where i'm from it can be negative 20 celsius easily in the winter Okay. Okay. So well, four yeah. is quite warm. Four is mm -hmm. quite manageable. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. So yeah. Well, and so so New Zealand would feel much warmer to me. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. What about in the summer there? How how hot can it get down there in New Zealand? Uh, 16, 16, 18, Sometimes. It oh, reaches that's not 20. hot. That's not hot. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So New Zealand is not hot. New Zealand would be to an American, it would feel like a mild place, a mild mm. climate. Gotcha. Kind of it a would be most climate. interesting. Yeah. 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 And perfect. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that is extremely, extremely interesting. Do you, mm -hmm. um, do you like visiting the Philippines once every, once every couple of years? Yes. Yes. Um, before the um, pandemic happened, I, I did my best to like visit the Philippines at least once a year. So we visited very often at, right. at least in as much as we can. I see. I see. Mm -hmm. Well, that that is all. That is all extremely, extremely interesting. What about? Um, tell us about if you want. Tell us about a hobby that you do that I would not expect you to do. Hmm. A hobby that I do, but I would not expect it. Um. It's not exactly a hobby, Aaron. Um, I tend to listen to Barry Manilow for some reason. It, um, you know, Barry Manilow? Nope. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, you're not missing out a lot, okay? Um, he's a, a, a singer, an American, I think he's American, American singer uh, who became popular in the 1970s. <clears throat> um, yes, it, it, it is one of the things that, um, you know, I, I don't actually listen to a, a lot of songs in that era, but him for some reason maybe it's because you know my, my father used to listen to him a lot and it resonated with me and uh so yeah i i, I tend to listen to um unusual uh, music that you know people in, you know in in the um, generation that i'm in 
would not normally listen to. But hobbies, yeah, well, it's, it's mostly reading, um, meditation. I do meditation every day and um, learning. I'm a bit of a geek. That's great. Mm -hmm. I'm a geek too. Nice. Welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved, I loved this episode. I don't know about you guys. Um, so let me just say this. We are coming to the end of all of my questions. You've been a magnificent guest. And whether you like it or not, you really are part of this podcasting community forever because I will certainly want to have you on Aaron's opinion in the future and know that you're always welcome and know that I might coerce you into recording a second episode at some point. But until I'd be then, more than happy. Yep. That, that would be so good. Know that, know that that's a forever promise. I, I am mm -hmm. truly committed to, to the world and to every, every guest that has the courage and, and the wit and the strength and the sense of humor to come to come onto this, to come onto this uh, experience. Mm -hmm. I always like, I mean, you're really going to get a kick out of this one. I always like to mm -hmm. let guests kind of really finish it off. If you could ask mm -hmm. me only one question, a question to really make me sweat for you to really know if I'm worth my salt or not. Mm. What question do you want to ask me? Oh, Aaron. You only have one. What is the meaning of life? To help people. To, edu to educate people, yeah. to help people improve one day at a time. Phenomenal. If someone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Um, you could uh, add me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash juliuscharles19. That's my personal account. And you're welcome to add me up there. Um, I also have this Facebook page, facebook.com slash Julius Serrano Speaker, J-U-L-I-U-S-S-E-R-R-A-N-O-S-P-E-A-K-E-R. I think I spelled that correctly, I hope. Well, we'll see if people come to your page. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. I tell you what, I'll put, I'll put the links, I'll put your links in the, in, I'll put uh, your website in the description. So you guys can click the link in the description for more information. Fantastic. You were an incredible guest. That was an, an, an absolutely amazing episode. All right, guys, I really hope you enjoyed that one. If you have questions for me or Julius, of course, you should just email me, aaronsopinion6 at gmail.org, aaronsopinion6 at gmail.com. Uh, we apparently it works because that's how Julius got in contact with me in the first place. So the email address definitely works. 1240 1240-681-9869. 1240-681-9869. Six eight one nine eight six nine. Consider following on Facebook. Consider commenting below right here on YouTube. Consider following on Twitter and becoming a patron on my Patreon. I appreciate the support. Julius, I wish you very good health. I wish your entire family the very best of health. To everybody else around the world, very good health to you. And until until the next episode remember that there's one thing that's very important as i like to say on this podcast thanks so much and help one person today help one million people tomorrow